Let's do it. Let's do it. We're live. Little dropkick Murphys. Let's jam. This is it. Episode 26. It's Jake's birthday. He doesn't like to acknowledge it, but we're going to acknowledge it. 28 years old. Jake is 28 today. Man. All them years. Yeah. We're getting old, buddy. It ain't the years, it's the mileage. We're getting old. So, like I said, episode 26, we took a break. Uh, Snow days. Snow days. Snow days. So, we're going to get going here. We are on the road sports podcasting. We are on the road as we speak. The only podcast of its kind that we know of. So, first off, speaking of the snow, Dale Earnhardt Jr., he is known for his driving skills, but this time, not so much. Uh, In his home state of North Carolina, Earnhardt helped some folks who slid off the road in the snowy weather. Uh, But only five minutes later, did he do the exact same thing as he called it. He center punched a pine tree in his Cadillac. Uh, He also said it probably just needs an alignment as he laughed. The car was totaled. Uh, It's a good thing he wasn't injured, so now we can laugh about it, but stick to the track, buddy. Tell you what, man. I was just talking to my boss earlier today. He's from West Virginia, so he knows how to drive in it, but he lives in North Carolina. He says when it snows down there, they freak. They don't even have snow trucks. They just say, well, they block off the road and say, do you got a four-wheel drive? Yes or no. If you do, you can move forward. If you can't, go home. All right. That's a little extreme. For everyone who's listening to this that doesn't know how to drive in the snow (laughs) let me give you a piece of advice all right Uh uh-oh driving in the snow is like being in a room full of wild cats no sudden moves exactly easy be deliberate know what you're going to do know the move that you have before you make it those are that's a that's a decent word of advice decent if you're going to stop Stop slowly. Stop way before you need to. If you're going to go, accelerate evenly. You start spinning your tires, you're screwed. (laughs) It's over. You might as well stop, drift back to the bottom of the hill, and go back up again. It's all over. So, again, guys, no sudden movements in the snow. It's a bad, bad situation if you... Don't follow those rules. So, uh, sticking with car accidents, unfortunately, star rookie running back for the Jacksonville Jaguars, Leonard Fournette, was struck by irony, literally. Two days after the Jags rolled into Pittsburgh and beat the Steelers, uh, Fournette was involved in a car accident. And uh, his Maybach... His Mercedes Maybach was rear-ended by a driver who pledges allegiance to the black and gold, the Steelers. Uh, 
Fournette laughed it off and said, uh, the funny thing is they was Pittsburgh fans. Uh, thankfully, the incident didn't cause any injuries. But however, Fournette's Mercedes Maybach 6 did not survive a car easily worth more than six figures, but I'm sure he can afford it. I'm sure. Listen, $192,000 price tag on that car. Good. Right? Lord. You did your homework. Oh, yeah. One of the first responders that showed up to the scene. Steelers fan? No, I don't oh. know. <laughs> had uh, had Fournette autographed the bumper and took it with him. What? Yeah, Fournette's like, I don't know. That thing's probably worth 50K. <laughs> <laughs> and he gave it to him? I, he don't wow. need it. Insurance is going to replace it. Good Lord, man. I hope she had good insurance, but you know what? She did the one thing that Steelers D couldn't do. Slowed down Fournette. <laughs> <laughs> where's your Where's your rim shot? Uh, another thing you can do: change the song. <laughs> oh come on! Dude, this song is just not not hitting it right now. What do you want? We need something uppity, man. Something to get a good beat. Not not this. I don't know. Heartthrob crap. Man. But while you're doing that, I'm gonna move on. Uh, we all know. WVU got beat by Texas Tech in Lubbock, Texas. Uh, they lost by one point, unfortunately. Uh, and we know that they all, or all the Texas Tech fans, stormed the court. And WVU was under investigation by the Big 12 regarding alleged punches being thrown at Texas Tech fans. Well, the investigation is over. And guess what? Texas Tech has been fined $25,000. <laughs> Serves them right. F you, Texas Tech. You sons of God. Serves them right. I hate but them, man. The I thing, hate them. The bad thing about it is because Texas Tech is a state school, that's coming straight out of them Texas taxpayer pockets. Well, screw Texas, and guess what? You're going to get up when you come to Morgantown. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. West Virginia is going to end the season. 30 and 5 national champs. You you go body somebody? You going to the game? I am going to the Texas game this weekend. And hey, you you better watch it watch ESPN because I'm going to be drunk and I'm going to be throwing hands if necessary. Oh man, John on the court. <laughs> John on the court. Oh man. If that happens, you I, guys are going to see the link all over Twitter. I'll make a Facebook page to post that link. It's going everywhere, mugshot included. John getting KO'd. John from On the Road Sports gets KO'd. Uh, sticking with basketball. Good old Dennis Rodman, the rebounding machine from the 90s. Is he in North Korea? Noel, hopefully he can rebound from this one. The 56-year-old was arrested for his third DUI this past weekend and has checked into a rehabilitation facility in New Jersey. He still has more championships than DUIs, but the way things are going, uh, he may end up with more DUIs in the end. Let's hope he gets better, as he seems to be the only link between the USA and North Korea. Hopefully he can do something positive after his stint in rehab uh, and maybe stop all these nuclear talks. So moving on over to North Korea as they are in the news for something other than nukes. Uh, for the first time ever, 
North and South Korea agree to form a joint Olympic team, Korea. The nations are now seeking permission from the International Olympics Committee, the IOC, to compete together under the Korean unification flag, which is an outline of both nations. This is definitely good to see and hopefully a sign of good things to come. However, I hope the USA destroys them in every single event, just completely obliterates them. I mean, do you not agree? Oh, I'm always for the U.S. of A. USA. I don't care who it is. <laughs> Russia's not allowed in it anymore, so screw them. Uh, England, you know what? You might be an ally, but you're getting thumped on the curling <laughs> on the curling ice. You getting Canada? You're getting bodied in the hockey rink. Hey, we're going after everybody, taking names. A little side note here about Russia: uh, the Siberian Indoor Championships. 36 Russian athletes withdrew from track and field competition when drug testers arrived. <laughs> 36 people just rolled out when they came into drug tests. They all claimed, all 36 claimed various illnesses at the exact same time and then left. Uh, the Russian Track and Field Federation, yeah, that's a thing, has said it's launching an investigation into the mass exodus of athletes. I mean, come on. You're not fooling anybody, you f***ing idiots, man. Like, oh, uh, all 36 of us are just real sick right now. Uh, we gotta go. We got to go home. We got to go home. Uh, the roads are getting bad. It's snowing. <laughs> well, they were in Siberia. They they might have been afraid they'd get oh, locked up if they tested positive. Jeez, man. Like, oh, wonder if they're doping. Jeez, man. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe that. Oh, God. So, uh... I read this, and it's got me scratching my head. So, the Super Bowl's coming up, and it has been announced that the Super Bowl will be officiated by the same referee that used an index card to measure a first down. This could be fun. Well, he's not allowed to use an index card anymore. <laughs> but what League what, rules. What other shenanigans is he going to pull? I mean... <laughs> Has he got a, a fake flag up his sleeve? I mean, what's going to happen? Listen, I'm all for some fake shenanigans out of referees. <laughs> I don't care. I like the I like the index card. I mean, it just proved how ludicrous the NFL refereeing is for them to pull that stunt on an eyeballed spot. All the all the no other doubt. factors that could be into it. You use an index card on an eyeballed spot. You know, exactly. At least look at the camera first. Exactly. That's that's my thing. All that stuff. I think he was proving a point. And for him to get the biggest game of the year, he has a chance to make some real changes by how he officiates this game. Well, uh, I've got some MMA news here, but I think I'll I'll jump to that after. I talk about UFC 220 and Bellator 192 uh, for this weekend. So I'll, I'll talk about the top stories there after we go over those events. But uh, I've got dedicated sports next, unless you've got something for me. Oh, I've got I've got some MMA news. Well, maybe. Orlando Magic's player, Aaron Affalo, has been suspended two games because he was throwing some punches. <laughs> I think he's in the wrong sport. He needs to go to MMA. There's been a lot of suspensions in the NBA lately. They're uh, proven points. Yeah. Didn't Ariza get 
something happened to him? I think oh, he got suspended, and you, know, he got, you got the guy who... who he got into the, it with Blake Griffin. You got the gangster who slapped the cell phone out of the fan's hand. I mean, Yeah, it cost him 35 k for that one. I knew it'd be a lot. No, uh, I was guessing 25 I'm glad you brought that up. Did you see Blake Griffin's uh, press conference after after that happened with him and Ariza? No. They uh, they kind of got into a little scuffle afterwards on the court. Uh, in the uh, press conference, the reporter or whoever it was asked Blake Griffin what they were talking about. And uh, Blake Griffin said, uh, he asked me if I was still coming to his birthday party. And I said, yeah, uh, I'm going to try and make it if I can. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he was asking him. <laughs> According to Blake, uh, like I, I'm not one that I'm not gonna call Blake a liar. Freaking ten year olds, man. Uh, I mean, I know we got the fight, but are you, are you still coming to a birthday party? Yeah, yeah, man. I'm gonna try and make it if I can. Oh, jeez. Yeah, if my private jet is available at the time. Get real. Anyway, what else you got? That's all I've got. Well, all right. Well, I'm gonna jump over to uh what i was just talking about the super bowl is coming up but first we have our conference championship games so the afc conference championship game this sunday it's the first of two games the jacksonville jaguars take on the new england patriots patriots are obviously the home team who do you got patriots so you've been riding this jacksonville wave the whole way you think it stops here yeah. Why is that? Tom Brady is undefeated against the Jaguars. The only team he has ever, ever faced that many times and never lost to. Really? I don't think it starts in the postseason. That's a pretty good stat. Yeah. I. Uh, Bill Belichick has had plenty of time to game plan. It, and, I mean, they you know, can stop the run. They'll make Bortles beat him with his arm. And I don't think he is quite good enough to do that. I don't think they're going to stop the run. I think I think Fournette has 80 to 100 yards with a touchdown, but I still think it's a spanking. Man, Roethlisberger threw for nearly 500 yards against Jacksonville. Think what the greatest of all time is going to do to them next week. Shred them. I think this game is a blowout. Jaguars are big-headed coming into this. Bortles sucks. They're done. They, they rely too heavily on their defense, and the Patriots' offense is much stronger than the Jaguars' defense. It's going to be a bad day for Jacksonville. I got the Patriots. Next up, second and final game, the NFC Conference Championship. The Minnesota Vikings travel to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. Now, this game is much harder to pick. Uh, are you going with your Eagles again? Oh, I'm going with the Eagles again, yes. I've got the Vikings here, man. The Vikings are on a roll. They're coming off of that amazing victory. Saints are tough. I don't think Philadelphia is just – I just don't think they've got the offense. Minnesota Vikings, man, they're tough. They're really tough. They've got a great defense. I think the Vi- you're going to see the Vikings and the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Okay. Who are the uh, quarterbacks on this team? Case Keenum and Nick Foles. Did you know they were on the same team in 2015? Yes. The Rams. Correct. And who was the starter? Nick Foles. Exactly. But you've got to think about who's surrounding them and who all they've got and what their current record is. Look at the experience. Case Keenum's played all year. Nick Foles has played two games. Yeah, but Case Keenum played 2014 and was lights out. He played 2015, 
struggled on a sucky team. He has a lot more experience. Nick Foles, this is his second game ever in the playoffs. Yeah, Case Keenum's too. Case Keenum has a lot more experience. That's why I said that previously. No, Case Keenum doesn't have more experience. Yes, he does. No, he doesn't. He played all year this year. Okay, that's fine. Nick he Foles played all sat year. on the bench all year. Until Nick Foles played 2014. He played 2015. He sucked the whole time. No, 2014 he was like 27 touchdowns, two interceptions. Uh, oh, bull. It wasn't that good. Oh, it was incredible. 27 to 2. 27 Why'd they get to rid of two? him then? Because they traded him for Sam Bradford. He didn't fit into Chip Kelly's offensive system. Why is system. he not the starter now? Because Carson Wentz is amazing. Okay, so I got the Vikings here. You've got the Eagles. I just think that the Eagles' luck is going to run out. I don't think they're that good without Wentz. So we'll see what happens, guys. We'll keep you updated. I'm sure you're going to be watching. So this leads me to our uh, Kings fantasy lineup for the conference championship games. I've got two lineups here to give you. Both lineups hit the $50,000 out of $50,000 limit. So I'm not sparing $1 here. Here we go. This is my, my lineup number one, okay? My lineup number one. QB1, Tom Brady. I mean, it's Tom Brady, guys. He had 28.7 points last week. And Big Ben threw for 469 yards and Five touchdowns against the Jaguars. Think about this, dude. Big Ben threw for five TDs against the Jags. Tom Brady is going to just hit the money. Hit the money. He's going to be on the money, man. I'm telling you, Tom Brady will shred these fools. RB1, Deion Lewis. Deion has been the man lately. He is averaging 30 points in his last three games. 30 fantasy points. The Jags' defense, although they're great against the pass, they are ranked 29th worst against the rush overall for the season. They have improved as of late, as Bell didn't do a whole lot as far as on the ground. He did have a lot of receiving yards. I think Deion Lewis can shred this D if he wants. RB2, Latavius Murray, averaging 20 carries a game in his last four games. They are giving him the ball, and he's got three touchdowns, three rushing touchdowns in his last two games. It's pretty good stats, hard to argue with. My wide receiver won, Danny Amendola. He had 11 receptions last week. Receptions, 25.2 points, and uh, those receptions went for 112 yards. He will see similar volume this week. May not be 11 receptions, I think he'll have eight for about 80 yards and a touchdown. He'll have a, he'll have 20 points plus this week. Amendola and Brady, with Hogan being out and everyone double double covering uh, Cooks, and Gronk's been in and out. Amendola and Brady have uh, created a a good uh, chemistry. So uh, moving on here to wide receiver two, Marquise Lee for the Jaguars. He led the team in targets last week against the Steelers. And believe me, the Jags are going to be throwing a lot. So although they're going to lose, ultimately, look for Marquise Lee to see the ball a lot. So moving on, wide receiver three. 
this is my sneaky pick here. Bear with me. Torrey Smith. Torrey Smith is averaging seven targets per game in his last five games. So that's really the only stat I can go off of. He, he's just a value pick here. He's $3,000. So he's going to give you between six to 12 points somewhere in there. But he holds his weight for three grand, and he opens up room for guys like my tight end here, Rob Gronkowski. Averaging 10 targets and 24 points per game in his last five games. Hands down the best tight end to pick from here. Uh, if not, best in the league. My flex position. Just listen. Listen here. Listen closely. TJ Yeldon. I know Fournette is amazing. He starts. He gets all three downs. Blah, blah, blah. Well, it's going to be a little bit different. He's going to be ran a lot. His, his, he, uh, his ankle was tweaked last week. He set out for a little bit, and Yeldon uh, took that opportunity and produced positive results. I think Fournette gets bottled up, and they have to pull Yeldon in as a slot receiver. Correct. That's exactly what I'm going for. The Jags will be passing most of the game. Yeldon will benefit more than Fournette in the passing game. So I've got him as my flex. And finally, my defense, I've got the New, Eng New England Patriots. Uh, they're averaging 11 fantasy points in the last three games and they are giving up an average of 10 points in those three games. That's a pretty good average, giving up 10 points, because you know Tom Brady's going to have more than 10 points. So that lineup there, $50,000. Moving on here, my lineup number two. Now, I'm leaning more towards my first lineup, but this lineup here will win you money as well. Maybe not quite as much, but it still works as it's $50,000. QB1. Case Keenum, he's averaging, uh, oh, no, he's not averaging. Actually, he had 19.1 fantasy points against the Saints last week, and he threw for 318 yards and one TD. I think he'll be decent this week as well. RB1, Leonard Fournette, and here's the reason why. He had 35 points against the Steelers last week. That's 25 carries, 109 yards, and three touchdowns. Look for him to have a heavy workload this week. I still think he'll get 80 to 100 yards, but he's not going to get three touchdowns. Just not going to happen. RB2, Deion Lewis. Uh, like I said before, he's averaging 30 points in his last three games. Wide receiver one, Danny Amendola. Again, he had 11 receptions last week. He should see good volume this week. Wide receiver two, Stephen Diggs. Averaging 21 fantasy points in his last three games. Last week against the Saints, 137 yards and a touchdown. Uh, my wide receiver three, again, Marquise Lee, led the team in targets, and they will be throwing a lot. My tight end here, Kyle Rudolph. He saw eight targets last week against the Saints, and he's been solid for a majority of the year. Look for him to see between five and seven targets. Flex, again, Torrey Smith. He's a my value pick at $3,000, and he's averaging seven targets per game in his last five games. Finally, my defense, the Vikings. They are averaging 11 fantasy points in their last four games, and they're also averaging one and a half interceptions per game in their last four games. That's a pretty good stat. So those are my fantasy lineups. I am running 70 miles an hour. I better slow down before we get a ticket. We don't need to interview a cop on our podcast.
or we might actually maybe we do maybe we do so unless you got something i'm going to move on to mma go with it mixed martial arts ufc 220 miocic versus naganu at the td garden arena in boston massachusetts that is this saturday january 20th so the main card we got thomas almeida taking on rob font in a bantamweight uh, bout i see almeida pulling out the victory next up we got a light heavyweight bout john Villanti versus uh francisco mar barosa i've got uh Volante taking the win here. He trains with Chris Weidman. He's got a solid team around him. I see John pulling out the victory. Uh, especially coming off a loss, he's hungry. Next up, a featherweight bout. Calvin Qatar taking on Shane Burgos. Uh, Qatar, he's, he's a little bit more well-known, in my opinion. I think he's uh, he's got a little bit better team as well. I see Qatar winning that featherweight bout. Next up, the co-main event a light heavyweight championship bout between Daniel Cormier and Vulcan uh, Ozdemir. So, Ozdemir, I think he's got, you know, he deserves a title shot, but he's got some controversy surrounding this title shot as well. He KO'd a dude at a bar in Florida. He's got a felony hanging over his head. I just feel like his, uh, his head's out of the game. I don't think he's fully focused. And really, do you think the UFC wants a felon or a potential felon as their champion? I so I don't what? think so. You're saying if it goes to decision, it's over, he loses? He's got to knock him out? That's pretty much my assumption here. That is my assumption here. Uh, I think Cormier pulls out the win here. Cormier is just so tough. I think it does go to decision, but I think Cormier wins hands down. He may knock him out, but I just don't see Vulcan taking the win here. And finally, the heavyweight championship of the world, Stipe Miocic takes on Francis Naganu. Again, Naganu, the world record holder for the most powerful punch, um, equivalent to 93 horsepower. I, I tell you what. Stipe, he's held the record for the most consecutive uh, title defenses in the heavyweight division. That ends here. I think Francis Naganu just punches his head into the 10th row. I, he's 11-1. He's been tough to stop. I don't see Miocic winning this fight. I just don't see it. Francis Naganu will be your next world heavyweight champion. Okay, tell me this one. Who do you think is stronger grip-wise, Naganu or Miocic? I don't know. Miocic is a uh, firefighter. I. It wouldn't surprise me if Miocic had a stronger grip. So if I'm Miocic and I'm, and I'm in Miocic's camp, I'm going to tell him that you get a hold of that big ugly, mean, whatever you want to call him, and don't let go. Here's the thing. Miocic is primarily a striker. I don't care. You so can't go head-to-head -head with the most powerful man in the world. He either he has two options. 
He needs to be way out of range and learn how to close the distance quick and get right back out, or he needs the dirty box. He needs to stay in very close, press him up against the cage, tire him out. I tell you what, this dude is monstrous. He weighs a lot. It takes a lot of energy to pump blood through those muscles. He puts him up against the cage, grabs a hold of that wrist while he's, while he's leaning into him. That's going to make him start, start breathing a bit. And we don't know what Francis Naganu looks like or acts like when he's tired. It's I, never hit that point. Exactly. So here's what I think. Stipe, I know you're listening. You're a huge fan. <laughs> uh, lead him up against the cage. Grab his wrist. Keep control. Batter him down that way. I think you'll pull out the win. I think you'll get tired and you can knock him out. I'm, But I don't think that's going to happen. I think, like I said, Naganu knocks his head into the 10th row. Man, that's what I'm, I think. I'm not even saying lean him against the cage. Just hang on him. You're a big dude, Miocic. You grab a hold and hang on for all you got. You jump up on top. Wrap your legs around if you got to. You're a fireman. You know how to <laughs> ride a pole. Treat, oh. treat him like you're responding, okay? We'll see what happens. I will definitely be watching. Uh, we have another event this weekend. Bellator 192, Jackson versus Sonnen. Uh, it's also on the 20th this Saturday uh, at the Forum in Inglewood, California. So, main card, we got a featherweight bout. Aaron Pico takes on Shane Cruchin. Uh, I think Pico pulls out the win. Featherweight bout, uh, Georgie Karakahanyan takes on Henry Corrales. Uh, I think Henry Corrales uh, takes him to a decision victory. Next up, a lightweight bout. The former champion, Michael Chandler, takes on uh, Giotti Yamayuchi. I think Michael Chandler gets back on track here with a win on his way back to a title fight. Our co-main event of the evening for Bellator 192, uh, a welterweight bout. Actually, it's a championship bout. Douglas Lima takes on Rory McDonald, the ex-UFC title contender. His name is Rory? Rory McDonald, R-O-R-Y. He is a Canadian. He's tough. He trains with George St. Pierre. He fights very similar to George St. Pierre. He has under uh, underrated wrestling. I think... Rory McDonald gets the decision here, of a dominant decision. If not, a submission victory against Douglas Lima, and he is the new Bellator welterweight champion. All right, here's what I want you <clears throat> folks to do. Once you go down to the blood plasma clinic, let him stick your needle in the arm, get that 40 bucks. You take that 40 bucks, you put it on Rory. That, that's, that's what I'm saying this time. I'm not that's as confident as Marco Polo. Said bet the mortgage. <laughs> bet the mortgage, and who won? Marco Polo pulled out the victory. Boom. Look at that. Could have doubled your mortgage, quadrupled your mortgage, whatever what, the what odds What makes were. you so confident in Rory that he trains with GSP? Well, first off, his name's Rory, and that's a girl's name. <laughs> Secondly, he's from Canada, so he's got hair on his chest. Oh, he shaves it, actually. Whatever. It'll grow. <laughs> you know who else is from Canada? GSP. Drake. No, no, no. Forget <laughs> forget wheelchair Jimmy, okay? <laughs> oh, man. Ryan Reynolds they see me is rolling. from Canada. What the hell? Who cares? 
He's Deadpool, man. Deadpool's unstoppable. Oh, you God. go with Deadpool. Wolverine is from Canada. Not Hugh Jackman, the actual Wolverine guy. Real Wolverines are from Canada. And you know what? I ain't messing with any of them guys. I ain't messing with Rory neither. Take go, Rory. Take Rory here. Go donate some plasma. Take your 40 bucks. Bet it on Rory. You don't or, have to send us any money when you win, but, you know, or, just give us I a mean, shout-out We really do give a lot of beneficial information to win Oh, somebody. yeah, we're, we're winning people money every week. I mean, I won, what, 750 last week on the lineups that I gave you folks? You won 750 I went 4-0 oh in picks, and I told you to bet the mortgage on Marco Polo, All right. and he won. We're sounding cocky, so, but I don't give a f- <laughs> I don't care. I am cocky. I Next mean, up, until final, we lose the final fight of Bellator 192, and this is the first part of the heavyweight World Grand Prix tournament. This is the quarterfinal. Quentin Rampage Jackson takes on Chael Sonnen. So here's here's what's weird here. Uh, both fighters are ex UFC vets. Uh, Quentin Jackson is. This is so crazy. He fought light heavyweight basically his entire career. He is now pushing the limit of 265 to even make heavyweight. He came in last fight at 252, uh, and he said this time it's going to be close. Chael Sonnen is going to weigh about 220, maybe even 215. There could potentially be a 50-pound weight difference. I am very curious to see what's going to happen. We know Chael's going to try and take him down the whole fight. We know that Quentin Jackson is not happy about the matchup. He doesn't want to fight a wrestler. He wants to stand up and slam people. That's what he said he wants to do. He said, I'm going to take someone's head off unless they take my head off, and if they mess up, I'm going to slam them. That's what he said. He's known for his slams. If you've never seen him, Google Quentin Jackson slams pride. You will see some incredible knockout slams. Uh, Who are you taking in this one? I've got Chael Sonnen because I think Chael is going to wear out Jackson. Jackson's just too overweight. Chael's going to sit on top of him for three rounds, five rounds, whatever. Or he's going to submit him. I think Chael is going to be too active on the ground and Rampage won't be able to stop it. He, he doesn't like wrestlers. Again, I think Chael's got the got the victory. Well, you know you know why I'm taking Chael in this one, right? No. Because he's not a door, and that's about the only thing Quentin Rampage Jackson can beat up. <laughs> oh! Oh, man. I know that I wouldn't mess with Jackson, but uh, you go right ahead. I mean, you've seen that, that video, though, of him destroying the door at the Ultimate Fighter, right? Yes, I have. And he did destroy it. Oh. He was real... Real angry. Bad, bad. But, uh, okay, so those are our events this weekend. Now, I'm going to go back to my two stories uh, that are that are related to MMA, as I said I would. So first, this is hot off the press. Dana White has announced Khabib Nurmagomedov versus Tony Ferguson scheduled for UFC 223 in Brooklyn, New York for the undisputed lightweight title. So they took it from... From Connor. That means Connor McGregor will be stripped of his title with or without his consent. So here's here's the thing. Every this draw 
here's two two reasons why they did it. One, Connor's rich, doesn't really give a sh. Yeah. Two, this makes headlines. Connor McGregor stripped. Blah blah blah. So guess what? Tony Ferguson beats up Khabib Nurmagomedov. Conor McGregor comes back, regains the title. It's one of the biggest lightweight, if not the biggest lightweight title fight in history. That's why they're doing it. But in my opinion, Conor, man, just fight. You're a fighter. You have not fought in the UFC for nearly two years. This November will be two years. Just fight. I mean, come on, man. I know you boxed last year, but, I mean, you fought once. And I know you got all kinds of money. Then retire. What are you doing? You're 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 being stagnant. I I love you. You're my favorite fighter, but I mean, are you a fighter? Maybe he's my favorite public figure. I mean, really, what's he doing? He's not fighting. Or is he waiting for GSP? He's posting pictures of training, but I mean, what's that do if you're not knocking people out and keeping your belt? Go for that record. Most consecutive title defenses. Hell, he hasn't defended his title once. He hasn't defended the light or the featherweight title. He gave it up and he, well, the UFC took it from him and he hasn't he hasn't uh, defended the lightweight title. So I'm, I'm a little bit confused there. What are you, Connor? Are you a public figure? Celebrity? Or are you a fighter? Show us. So, uh, the last story I got here. John Bones Jones. Johnny Bones. Uh, we all know that he failed his second drug test in a row this past summer. And he said he was innocent from the beginning. So he recently took it upon himself to take a polygraph test to prove his innocence. Did he fail? He passed. But you so, know they are notoriously unreliable. Well, here's the thing. Everybody's saying, oh, he passed, he passed. What What now? What now, Dana? What now, Daniel Cormier, who he knocked unconscious with a left high kick, then failed the test. So then that's when they stripped John and gave Daniel the belt back. They go to Daniel with this, say, Daniel, he passed a polygraph to say he did not knowingly take any type of PED. Cormier's response, Ted Bundy passed, passed the polygraph too. <laughs> i tell you what, that was a good one. I got to hand it to him. That was the perfect response. John Jones, if how come Conor McGregor hasn't failed tests? How come, you know, all these other fighters haven't failed tests unknowingly? Seems like you and Anderson Silva are the only ones failing over dick pills. Come on. Quit taking the dick pills and fight. You're 29, 30 years old and you need dick pills? Something's all wrong. The steroids that he does. Exactly. You're counter you're counteracting something. Here's Get with the program, buddy. Quit it. Get here's, off of them. Fight. Here's my other question. What if we have a situation here where, like, the uh, Japanese Japanese kayaker, somebody dose him up? Uh, I don't know about that. You I mean, never it, know. It's possible. You never know. Why would they do it twice in a row? I mean, anybody that's that close to him constantly right around fight time is going to gain financially from his fight whether it's his nutritionist whether it's his trainer whatever not necessarily there, i doubt someone's going to be that close to him that doesn't like him right before the fight what he got some kind of thug friend around him that's placing a bet against him and when he wins then gets stripped of the title 
that's a loss. He gets his money. Uh, He's getting paid. I see what you're saying, but I don't think it's likely. Anything's likely when one, money's involved. One percent chance that happened. I'm just saying. I agree. I mean, I see. I agree with your concept, but I just don't think it happened. So he took a polygraph. No one really is taking. I mean, obviously nothing's happened with it. Uh, I still don't know what's going on with John Jones, whether he's going to fight soon, what if he's got court, whatever. I honestly haven't even been following it. So uh, he is probably one of, if not the greatest, wasted talents of all time. He, I mean, he has never been beat, ever, by anyone. His only Except loss... Except the drug test. Well, his only loss was a disqualification for elbows, that, and he was destroying the guy in the fight. So that doesn't count. He is just unbelievable. A great athlete when it comes to fighting. Him, he, him, himself is the greatest or the uh, his worst enemy. So, anyway, uh, that's all I've got. Unless you got anything else? No, nah, I'm good. Guys, we love you. Get a hold of us on the Road Sports Podcast at gmail.com, or you can hit us up on Twitter at on the Road Sports. Episode twenty-seven coming up. Uh, January 23rd. There so we go. we'll see you then. Peace.